Good morning. What's up, everybody? We're back. You're listening to Avoiding the Puddle. Now, this is a very unique episode because, um, first of all, MYK couldn't be with us today because he's at work, and you may be wondering what the deal is, why couldn't we record it on another day? Well, uh, I have this red phone next to my bed, and the only person that could call this phone is Mr. Wizard, Commissioner Wizard, and... Yesterday morning, I received a phone call from Commissioner Wizard saying, yo, you got to record a podcast so that I can announce Namco's presence at Evolution 2011. So, of course, I scrambled out of bed and got the bat suit on, and I called uh, the only man that I could think of, Mr. Rip, and he's going to be my guest co-host today. What's up, Rip? What's up, dude? Yeah, so, I mean, just last minute, uh, E3 was last weekend, and then we had Revelations, and, I mean, I feel like I have never been busier, but we thought we'd record this uh, quick podcast. Later on, Mr. Wizard's gonna come on, and he's gonna unveil Namco's presence at uh, E3, and that, I'm sorry, not E3, at uh, Evolution, and that asshole didn't even tell me what they were gonna do. (laughs) Like, I asked him, I was like, yo, dude, come on, man, it's my podcast, tell me what's going (laughs) on. Like, well, then we're not going to have anything to talk about. So I was like, whatever, fuck it. So I don't even know what they're going to do, whether they're going to have Tag 2. Whether, I don't know what they're going to have, but mm. they will have some presence, and it's worthy of an announcement. So that's going to be a little later. But before we get to that, um, I recently put out an article on how I felt about Tekken Tag 2. I played it a lot at E3, and so did you, Rip. Right. Um, and I actually wanted to ask you how you feel about the gameplay in general. Uh, you, both you and I got to play for three days straight, and we got hours of gameplay. So how do you feel about the game's uh, changes and you know, similarities? Um, well, it's very much like Tekken 6, and, you know, that's going to be a turnoff to a lot of people. And I was kind of disappointed by that, I guess. But it's kind of, at the same time, it's what I expected them to do. So, you know, overall, I think it's fun if you like Tekken 6. Uh, if you like Tag 1 and you're expecting that and you did not like Tekken 6, I think you're going to have a problem. But uh, overall, I, I enjoy playing it still because I, I do like Tekken 6. Okay, so you feel like it won't bring back the old Tag players because of its similarities to Tekken 6? Well, the old Tag players that do not like Tekken 6, obviously. Yeah. Um, for example, Unconquerable was there at uh, E3. He played the game, and, you know, he only played a couple games, and he was done with it. You know, he went back to Street Fighter Cross Tekken. You know, and I think he said he said the same thing. It, you know, feels like Tekken 6. Yeah, and uh, for those of you who don't know who Unconquerable is, you should know who he is, but he is one of the best uh, Tekken Tag 1 players from St. Louis originally, now living in SoCal. And his biggest problem with Tekken 6, uh, he actually calls it uh, Banana Peel, I think. Yeah. Banana <laughs> Something peel. like that. Yeah, he calls it Banana Peel. Throw it out. Because you just throw that shit out. All you do is just throw out hop kicks and you don't think about it. And the risk reward doesn't add up. And, you know, that's his feeling on the game. And I guess that that same feeling applies to Tekken Tag 2 as of right now. I really want uh, to emphasize that the game is still only 75% complete. And if you consider the remaining 25% that is yet to be completed, it most likely is things like, you know, risk-reward, balance changes, frame changes, new moves, and stuff like that. So the game could heavily change by the time it's released, at least to competitive players. So uh, that being said, you know, what other other thoughts did you have on the game? Well, the new, what is it called, new Tag Assault bind system thing? Right. uh, That was really hard for me to get into initially. Uh, I mean, I am kind of a slow learner, but then once I get the hang of it, you know, things flow. But it was a lot harder than I expected it to be. Um, but, you know, by the end of day three, we were trying out some really wacky stuff, and they seem to work. So I think the system is uh, has a lot of potential, and I think it'll be really interesting to see how, they, how that gets fleshed out after the game gets released. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that system plays out. Yeah, I pretty much had just about an identical feel to it. Like, initially, it was just very confusing, and I didn't know... I was dropping combos, and I just... I, myself, am not a very creative person when it comes to creating combos. I've always sucked at that. So, I usually let people find the good combos and just do them. 
mm-hmm. but in this case we were the first ones in America to even really play him, play the game. And the funny thing is, even though people, we've watched hours of footage from Japan and Korea of playtests, because it's the whole system relies on your team, unless you've seen a specific, like in my case, Dragon Off Fang team, which I hadn't, you won't know any of the combos. So this is kind of unique. Uh, and, and I was forced to come up with shit on the fly, and so yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, um, and I do agree that there is a very, like, it seems very open-ended, like, you can just be very creative with the Tag Assault system, but the, the question is, do you feel like this new Tag Assault system adds enough of a new feel to the game to kind of warrant it being a sequel, or is it, is it, like, just unacceptable to you? Ah, oh, that's that's very difficult. I mean, my problem with it is that it takes away your incoming character's red life. So I feel like in competitive play, it's only going to be used at like the beginning of matches. And as the rounds go on, you know, after your character's lost some health, you're not going to really want to use those combos because you're just going to be, you know, giving away health basically, unless you're definitely going to kill the opponent. So, you know, it seems like the tag buffered launchers, you know, are still going to be the primary way of getting damage in the game and that the tag assault bind moves aren't i feel like they're going to be limited just because of taking away the red life very interesting that is uh probably that sounds like a reasonable assessment of how the game will evolve the only thing is that in the few you know in the remaining 25 percent of the game that they haven't completed yet who knows what they might change right like, uh it's very important to keep that in mind that mm-hmm. you know maybe tag assault combos won't take away red life in the future or right or maybe it'll just take away half your red life right exactly exactly so who knows i wonder if they will because you know they said that there are system features that they have not added yet and one of them is the possibility of a combo breaker right. that they openly were able to tell us. But the other stuff, they didn't tell us. Like, I was really trying to get some information out of uh, <laughs> Harada and Murray, and they they kind of wouldn't tell us of the new major system features. So it's just like throwing it out there. Imagine if there was a way to snap back, like in Marvel. Like, oh, wow. let's say I'm playing against you and you're, the character that you have off screen has low, low health. So I use something that forces you to tag, you know? Right. Yeah, there, there, there are very, uh, there are almost endless possibilities of what they could add to the game. And one thing is for sure that there are major system functions that will be added. That is for sure. They have, hmm. they looked me straight in the eye and told me that there are system features that are not added yet. So the game could be altered, and you know all our opinions that we have right now are just based on the build, the build we that played. we played, yeah. right? And you know that you know what you're talking about system features, and that reminds me, you know, no tag canceling anymore. That was pretty trippy to me. I mean, I know you know you were using Fang, so when you tagged and you don't have a tag cancel, you just come into the back one. It's like not a big deal, right? But for me with Law, I feel like I have to throw out like a down two three or something, you know, something super risky. Yeah. I mean, if I can't block and I have to throw out an attack, I mean, I guess one two three is my best option. It was it was very frustrating actually, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that that's one of the system mechanics they put back in. Attack cancel. Right. Yeah, it's kind of I'm on the fence on that because on the one hand, tag cancel is kind of natural and it's what we've known or the people that have played tag have known for all these years. So naturally when I started playing, you know, tag 2, when I hit the tag button, I tried it and I was just wasting my time because it doesn't even work. So I I'm pretty sure that that was a bug. That in tag 1, I'm pretty sure that you could jump before you could do anything else, and all you were doing was canceling a jump. So that I'm pretty sure that was a bug, and they just probably removed the bug, right? Well, the consequences of removing that bug is that raw tagging is extremely unsafe, as you mentioned. But then I guess the solution that they put in is that you can attack far before you can block. So you can do some evasive attack to avoid the incoming uh, punish. In contrary to that, the incoming punish, if timed correctly, even if I'm Feng doing a back one, which is 10 frames, or even if I'm Yoshi doing a flash on the way in or whatever, you know, it, it creates layers of depth. Like, is he going to raw tag into an attack, therefore I'll let it whiff and get a punish. You know, so it does add some layers of depth. But, you know, I, I kind of, I'm on the fence. I guess if they add a tag cancel, that would be cool. If not, 
you know, it all it really does is it makes it so that you have to be very careful when when and where you're going to tag. And it also makes tag throws more viable, and it also makes certain uh, tag-buffered launchers more important. So, I don't know. I, I guess yeah. uh, we just have to wait and see how the game evolves in the future. Yeah, I mean, just from the build we played, I just found it very frustrating because, you know, when, when one of your characters is about to die, you want to get him out. It's, right. You know, that, that raw tag is happening just because you have to survive. And right. then the new character coming in is going to eat a launcher, you know, unless you have a good attack that's going to prevent them from throwing out that launcher. You know, so uh, I didn't I did not like that system, Interesting. at least in this build. OK, uh, another thing that kind of reminds me of is. At the at E3, the cabinet that we were playing on was set to was it 99 seconds life or right. 99 seconds time or 90? It was uh you know either one, but it's still a ton it, of time. It was a lot of time, and um it was set to two rounds, and I felt like every match was taking a fucking long ass time. <laughs> like it was just I I felt like every match was taking between four and five minutes. Or maybe three and a half to five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's impossible to be four minutes, I think. But yeah, it was taking, you know, forever. No, I, I mean, like, just between, like, p- two people sitting down. I don't mean the match itself. I mean, the time oh, yeah. it takes for a, match, right. for a match to go on. Like, you know, you sit down, you pick your characters, you know, let's say it's a tournament, you know, you plug your shit in, check your buttons and all this stuff. So I really felt like this game should be played, at least in my opinion, on two rounds with probably 60 seconds. Um, and the thing is that we were playing at E3, and the E3, you know, nobody knew how to play, so everyone wanted to push buttons, wanted to try their new moves, and I feel like the more people that, the more that people learn how to play, the more turtling they're going to do. It's going to be more defensive, and maybe this whole thing about raw tagging being unsafe will, is kind of intentional to make matches end faster. What do you think of that? Um, it's really interesting. I feel, though, that as the game evolves people are going to die faster. I think that, you know, once people can hit their combos consistently and can judge wall distance correct, correctly with, you know, their tag buffer launcher plus, you know, tag assault bind, then people are going to die a lot quicker. So I, I don't know. I don't know about tag canceling really affecting that. Okay, interesting. But do you agree that the game, in your opinion, as of right now, should be played on two rounds at 60 seconds? Or do you feel like 90 seconds, three rounds is a possibility? Uh, I definitely, the build that we played, I definitely liked that two out of three rounds. Uh, the time on it, I mean, we had we had timeouts, you know, almost happening with 90 seconds. So 60 to me seems a little short, maybe something like 80, okay. you know, I don't know, somewhere in the middle maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really want to see a timeout every match. Yeah, I hear you. I definitely agree. I mean, that kind of is what Tekken Tag 1, you know ended up being like when you watch you know evil footage of tekken tag one which was kind of late in the game's lifespan it was on ps2 and you know everyone kind of knew how to play a time-up finish was very common you know and that does not really happen in tekken um it hasn't really happened in tekken very often since that game so on the one hand maybe they're trying to revisit the beauty of turtling in tekken tag one but then, on the other hand, you don't know. It's it's very hard to tell how the game will evolve, especially at this point. Um, and I'm sure you agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, interesting. Now, the other topic I wanted to talk about, which is, I mean, it's just, like, heartbreaking for me. And um, I just recently put out a, a video, and, and it's on YouTube right now. You guys can check it out. We found out on the first day of E3 that Tekken Tag Tournament 2 will never reach American arcades. It will not work. And that was very depressing, and we found out about that. But on day three, you and I both were very lucky to get the opportunity to interview Harada and Michael Murray. And we got the chance to really grill them about the details on why it won't work, where it will work, and how it will work. And that video is on YouTube, and I'll provide the link to it on on the excerpt for this podcast. But the bottom line is that, according to them, as of right now, Tech Attack Tournament 2 will never reach American arcades. What are your thoughts on that? And, and just in general, how do you feel about it? Well, of course it sucks, right? I mean, as competitive players, we need the game as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, to compete with these guys internationally. I mean, last year with the MLG tournament, all the international players coming and all this hype, 
uh, th- those created around the Tekken scene, you know, and then the American, you know, Anakin ends up winning the, you know, the finals, being right. a bunch of Koreans and, you know, Fab and, you know, GM and everyone else who beat these international players. I feel like that's not going to happen if we don't get the game in arcades. So from a c- competitive standpoint, I, it's just absolutely terrible. But, you know, Namco, they have an arcade business they have to support. So I totally understand why they're doing what they're doing. And it just sucks the state of the American arcade scene, I guess. Yeah, I think um, this past E3, at least for me, was a big eye-opener. Because it can be really hard for someone like myself who loves arcade and lives in Southern California to actually realize um, that to what degree arcades are dead in this country. Because... To me, there's like three arcades within 10 miles of my house. Mm -hmm. So arcades aren't really that dead. And you can, you know, sign on to Tekken's Ibotsu and be like, yo, I'll be at the arcade today. And like, you know, six or seven people could go. But, you know, talking to Harada and Murray about this and them kind of shedding light on like the fact that there there was only like 40 Tekken machines in the whole country Mm -hmm. for Tekken 6... And it makes you really think, you know, the U.S. is a big-ass fucking place with a huge population, you know. For there to only be 40 Tekken machines, you know, on the one hand, I can't blame them. I mean, what the fuck would they do all this work to create the servers for Tekken Net and all this stuff for Tekken to function in America? Why would they do it? They're not morons, you know. But on the other hand, it's very depressing to realize that not only are arcades dead now, but... In a sense, they've been dead for a very long time, and I can—I kind of personally have been blind to it mm-hmm. because I live in SoCal. So it was kind of an eye-opener for me uh, this past weekend. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, the, the arcade scene has been slowly dying. We're very lucky out here in SoCal, of course. But one of the things that stuck out with your interview, I remember Michael Murray saying, like, you know, we didn't cause the decline of the arcades in America. And I just... The main thing I remember from that is, you know, as in the arcades I used to go to, it was I, w- I always played Tekken. And so Tekken 5 came out, you know, we would have like 20 people around one cabinet, you know, and we would play. They would go to a different arcade once that arcade closed and we would all be playing Tekken 5 because it had an American release. Right. Then the console release came out three months later and all these arcade owners that had Tekken 5 were like, what? You know, yeah. like we just bought this new cabinet. It's got these PS2 ports and everything. And now you guys are just releasing on console. Like we're screwed, right? So, yeah. you know, I'm sure Namco learned from that mistake. You know, and they didn't. They, and then Tekken 6 comes out. They don't even release it for us, right? So, you know, they kind of, I feel like that already minimized our arcade scene a little bit. And then the Tekken scene, the Tekken 6 release, like kind of obliterated it. And now with Tekken Tag 2 not coming here at all, like even the international imported versions that we got in Tekken 6, yeah. we can't even do that anymore. So, now it's like we're there's really no hope and my opinion on that as a whole i feel that without namco without tekken in an arcade it's it's kind of going to start like a chain reaction you know and then eventually there will be zero arcades in america yeah that's an interesting thought and you know i i kind of am inclined to disagree because you're assuming that Namco, specifically Tekken, has a major uh, impact on arcades as a whole. Mm-hmm. But you got to remember that in America, Tekken is not nearly the biggest fighting game. Uh, there are several other fighting games that ha- have a much bigger fan base, specifically Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really look like Street Fighter is succeeding in America either. So if I assume that you're correct, I do agree that Namco definitely didn't help by releasing a uh, you know immediate console version of Tekken 5 and then not releasing a US version of Tekken 6 yeah i i agree that that didn't help but if you consider you know all the other games out there Namco is only a very small piece of the pie and i really don't think that they on their own could heavily you know damage or help the arcade scene as a whole i think this is more of a just the way gaming has evolved and it's more of just an economic thing and it has very little to do with them specifically it's Mm -hmm. just the way internet gaming has evolved and the way things have changed that's at least my opinion of it um no yeah i I don't blame namco like i don't think that it's their fault that the arcade scene died or anything i just think that there is a role here and i think that this decision they're making now with tag 2 is just going to be kind of the end i feel like you know once namco pulls out their biggest franchise 
from American arcades, yeah. why would they bring any of their smaller franchises to American arcades? And then you have Capcom, who is also already going straight to console, you know, with Marvel's Capcom 3 and probably Street Fighter Cross Tekken, as far yeah. as I've heard. Mm-hmm. You know, so what's left for the arcade scene in America after that? You have DDR and car racing games, maybe? You know, yeah. I, I just, I, I don't see it holding up after that. Yeah, it's a it's a grim reality, and uh, it's very unfortunate. I mean, you know, I couldn't, I cannot emphasize enough how disappointed I am in that. But it's just a reality of the way things are going. It's kind of like at this point, as fighting game fans, everyone just kind of has to maybe evolve and kind of support fighting games in a new way, just because you don't really have an option. I mean, it's it's interesting because fighting games are coming back, and you know, Evo is bigger than ever, and you know, tournament. I mean, tournaments are becoming way bigger than I've ever seen them in my life. And I've been around fighting game tournaments for 10 years. So it's very peculiar to me that fighting game tournaments are pulling way more players, but there are less places for those players to get together and play. You know, it's very peculiar the way fighting games have evolved over the years. And, you know, I think just it's important for us to accept the change as difficult as it may be and just support the games you know in any way possible um and that includes making it out to tournaments like evolution and making it out to tournaments like you know the ones that just happened ceo and revelations i think that's the only real way to let these companies know that all right maybe arcades are dead but just don't forget about us because we want to play your game you know, and don't just focus on fucking bullshit scenario campaigns and shit. Remember that we want a practice mode. Remember that we want to win. We want to be world champions. We want to beat Daigo. We want to beat Nin, and we want to beat you know Nobi and all of those players out there. You know, because if we don't do that, just in the same way that Namco isn't kind of paying attention to us in the arcade realm, in the future, if we don't make them remember they may forget about us in all aspects of their fighting games you know right so i think that's really important to to remember for everyone um is there anything else that you feel like uh we might want to talk about as far as tekken tag 2 or this arcade release thing anything you feel like we missed rip uh nothing that we missed but just i wanted to clarify i mean you know people are going to be asking i mean this was definitely in your interview as well Mm -hmm. i just wanted to restate it here that um you know, people are going to ask, how come we can't just get a non-internet version yeah. of Tekken Tag 2? And, you know, Michael Murray's response was basically that if they do release a version like that, then other arcade vendors are going to, you know, opt for that version. When, in fact, what they want the arcade vendors to opt for is the network version because that basically grows the game better. Right. The, the exact answer he gave, there was two reasons. One of which was that... The game is supposedly going to update itself in a way that no Tekken or arcade game has before. So I can only assume that that means updated, uh, you know, patches and things of that sort. Mm -hmm. So one reason that they don't want to create an offline version that will work internationally is because they don't want, as soon as you buy it, the game would theoretically be obsolete. So they don't want that. The second version is what the the second reason is what you mentioned that they're afraid that arcade vendors will opt for the cheaper offline version, and the, what will end up happening is that there will be two active versions of Tekken Tag Tournament Two that are in existence, and they don't want that to happen. They want the whole world to see one version and play one version of the game. The now, complete package of the game. What's that? The complete package of the game. Right, the complete package. Now, unfortunately, half of the world will end up only seeing it because he explained exactly what regions they will support, and it's all related to um, the servers, and, you know, you know more about this than I do because you know about the Internet and computers and shit, but I asked about why can't we just buy a Japanese cabinet and connect to Japan from America? And their answer to that was because it's on a, in a different time zone and it's a, it's so far away, there will be some latency, mm-hmm. and they need it to work instantly because of the way the new Bana Pass works. Mm-hmm. And the way that it, that is is the Bana Pass itself doesn't store any of your information on it. All it really does is access the server and retrieve all your information. And the new 
system that they're going to have with Tekken Net not only stores your record and your name and your character and your costume, it also stores things like how many lows, mids, and highs you've blocked, mm-hmm. how many throws you've broken, and how many times you've won and lost against specific characters, and very detailed statistics on how you've been doing playing Tekken Tag 2. Now, the thing is that if I sit down and I put a credit in the machine and I wave my banner pass over it, it needs to retrieve that information instantaneously for it to function correctly. And if they don't have servers that work in America and we're connecting to Japan, the latency will throw off the internet, the, the arcade experience. Right. So that's the reason. It's not that it won't work. It's that because it will work poorly, they are blocking it from working because they don't want it to work poorly. Right. And that's what. And you, also, if right. if anything goes wrong with those, you know, those transmissions, like internationally, then they're going to need a support staff, yeah. you know, internationally to work 24 hours a day, you know, to, to support these other regions. So yeah. that's why they need a server center and staff, you know, locally in each region yeah. where they have these servers. Yeah, it's the it's the grim truth. It's uh it's very unfortunate. Um. You know, that you mentioned earlier about how you feel like Anakin and GM and Fab and those players that beat Korean players uh, this past year in T6. You mentioned that they would, uh, you don't think that that would happen again. And I'm not as worried about that. The thing is, I feel like America will at least reach the level that we reached in T6 because, you know, even if we get it late, even if we get a console release, uh, I mean, if you think about it, Atlanta didn't have an arcade really. And, you know, New York only had one Tekken machine that had lag on it. And there are several places in the in America that, you know, have very good players that only played after it came out on console. So I'm not too worried about that. But what I am worried about is, you know, I'm just afraid that because of the lack of its existence in America, if there is a really long gap between arcade and console, I'm afraid that the world will just say fuck it you know we have all these other games to play we have street fighter 4 the whatever the newest version is arcade edition we have marvel we have street fighter cross tekken Mm -hmm. whatever you know i'm just afraid that the world of the the american fighting game community will just be like well i got other things to do yeah so that's my only real fear but yeah the only good news out of that is that in both of our interviews they did mention that you know a faster console release and they do want to get the game into our hands as fast as possible on console so you know it sounds like it's going to be a faster turnaround than we had before with tekken 6 yeah i can i can only hope um you know hopefully that there there is not going to be a tekken tag tournament 2 br and hopefully (laughs) you know they can do all the patching they need to do via their new tekken net system and also I i i mean my theory was that you know if they're worried about the console market uh you know destroying the arcade market and like you know they're they're charging so much for these cabinets if they're worried about releasing it on console and fucking over the japanese arcade vendors maybe they should just release a western version of western console version and region locked what's that yeah region locked i mean uh, even not region locked even if they release a western version of the game that's available for europe and america and you know the west western world uh, and they have to import it to Japan. I mean, I feel like that will not really damage the arcades, uh, you know, vendors. I mean, I don't think the console version of Tekken really damaged the arcade scene in Japan or Korea at all. I mean, they don't even give a shit about arcades. <laughs> so many arc. I mean, they don't give a shit about console because they have so many arcades. So, hopefully, that's what what ends up happening. I noticed a tweet where Harada answered someone's question about when it will come out on console. He right. tweeted next year. He said probably next. Probably year. next year. So 2012, assuming the game comes out late this year in arcades for mm-hmm. Japan. I mean, that could mean six months to a year. You know. Right. Which is very quickly, mm-hmm. when you consider Tekken 6 was like fuck, two, years yeah, or two or three years, if you consider yeah. 6.0, you mm-hmm. know? So yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. Of course, we'll be on top of any new information that comes out. Um, but is there anything else you feel like you would like to cover before we move on to my interview with Mr. Wizard and his unveiling of Namco's presence at Evolution? No, that, that sounds like it's about it. Okay, well, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I want to give you the opportunity to plug your website and your Twitter, so go ahead. 
Sure, my Twitter is repal, that's R-E-E-P-A-L, or Twitter, Level Up Your Game. And the website, of course, is www.levelupyourgame.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel, Level Up Your Game. We're going to have a couple new episodes coming out soon. Uh, the Bob one's already uploaded. I'm just waiting to release it, probably. It might even be out by the time this podcast comes out. So we'll see. Well, it depends on how uh, how on my ass fucking Mr. Wizard <laughs> getting this shit out. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, and, yeah, you guys can also follow me on Twitter uh, at uh, twitter.com slash avoidthepuddle. Character limit, had to drop the ING. Um, and, yeah, so just keep your eyes on the website, and here comes Mr. Wizard. See ya. Alright everybody, I'm very pleased because it's once again that time. I can't believe it's been a year. It's the time of year when I spend about 24 hours a day walking around with a boner. Because it's almost time for evolution. And as I said earlier, I have a red phone installed in my room. And only Commissioner Wizard can call this phone. And I got a phone call yesterday morning, like emergency phone call to get a podcast out to talk about evolution. And we're very lucky today to have Mr. Wizard on to tell us a little bit about what they're planning for Evolution 2011. What's up, Wizard? What's going on, Eris? How you doing, man? I'm all right. I'm just getting through. It's getting the Evo time, so just ramping up and getting ready to roll out. I can't believe it's been a year already, dude. It's insane. Yeah, like literally from like January until now, it's just been like this crazy blur, and it's just literally been flying so fast that you don't even realize it's like it's almost july already yeah i i do not envy you man this is a serious event you have to plan every year so uh, i know you got some stuff to talk about man so i'm going to kind of give you the floor tell me uh what you guys have planned for this year well i mean one of one of the key things that we uh literally i'm pretty sure you heard about it last weekend is uh we started uh giving away evo uh ranking points for tekken right and this started last week at ceo and we're going to continue it with NCR this weekend and uh, ECT to round out the season in a few weeks. So this gives you a chance to uh, go place so you, you can be seated at EVO. And that's always a huge thing to not to be separated from the top players so you don't go uh, out in the first round. And uh, I, I think that's a really huge draw for Tekken fans. So Definitely. they can, yeah, so they can literally feel like they have a shot going in and, and, and not get 0-2 and have zero wins at EVO, which is always uh, not the best. But, I mean, it's it's foreseeable in some people's future. So Okay, so that's uh, three tournaments that uh, that have EVO seeds for Tekken, right? Right. So okay. CEO was the last one last weekend, and then NCR this coming weekend, and then ECT coming up in a few weeks. Okay. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so NAMCO's also been gracious enough to announce that uh, they're going to be uh, donating $5,000 to the to the player pot for Tekken again this year. Excellent, great. So even with, with Tekken Tag 2 on the horizon and all that, uh, they're still dedicated to seeing the Tekken community thrive, and, and obviously at EVO, the biggest event of the year, they want people to, uh, to really strive to be the champion, and uh, I think that's huge for NAMCO to do that every year. I agree, that's so, really cool. That's very awesome. So hats off to them for doing that, and uh, hopefully we can uh, they'll be involved for years to come, and, and it'll be a great thing. For sure. All right, so next on the table, um, we've gotten word that uh, both the development teams for Soul Calibur V mm-hmm. and Second Tag 2 will be at EVO. All right, that's what I like to hear. That's awesome. So, yeah, the, the Project, Project Soul development team will be there, and Tekken Project team will also be there at EVO. To field questions to show uh, show off uh, whatever they're going to show off, and uh, it's always fun to have those guys around because they're a great group of guys. Take pictures, find out information. Most certainly. So yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute. So does that mean, uh, as far as Project Soul goes, does that mean Odashima and Tago are going to be there? Because I know at E3 only Tago was there, and Odashima didn't make it. So do you know who's going to be there? I was just told the development team was going to be there. I imagine if he's on the development team, he will be there. Okay. But I mean, I don't have a. I actually don't know. Okay. So I mean, we can do a follow up, or I can let you know uh, later on. But I don't. At this point, I don't know. Okay. And last year, Marie and Harada were at uh, Evo, so we can expect them again, I presume. Right. Okay. I mean, they're like the fan. Everyone. It's like they're like Ono-san. Everyone knows them, and everyone expects them to be at all the big events now. So. Right. 
Okay, so what else do you guys have planned? All right, so then, I mean, I don't think this is that big of a surprise, but obviously uh, Tekken Tag 2 will be playable at Evolution. Um, <laughs> You're I've such seen, a dick, man. <laughs> yeah, literally, if you put two and two together, I mean, it was obviously coming down the pipe, and, I mean, you would have figured it out. But, yeah, they're going to bring in some arcade machines and, and let you guys play on the Japanese version um, going in the, in the middle of the event floor so you can see for yourself if you weren't able to get into E3 or uh, anything else that if you want to play it hands-on, you can do that at Evo. That is awesome, dude. That is so cool. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just getting better and better, you know? It's just like, Evo is always the place to be. So, I don't know why people are not coming. Like, year after year, people are like, oh, I can't make it. And I'm like, why? It, it doesn't make sense. So There is most, most certainly no excuse at this juncture. I've been saying it for years, though, so I'm getting tired of saying it. But, <laughs> I mean, you know it. I've been telling you for years that it's, like, the only thing I wait for all year long. EVO is, like, easily, if you're a fighting game fan, easily the number one tournament. I mean, it's the one you have to go to. It's the one that everyone who's anyone in fighting games will be there. And it's just the premier tournament. So, I mean, I'm just getting sick of telling people to go. Just do it. It's over. Just do it. Well, you know what's funny is, too, we announced it, like, seven months in advance. I know. I mean, if you really can't save up in seven months. I, I think you got bigger problems, but I mean, anyone can save up at least like a hundred dollars a month. I mean, I wouldn't think that would be that bad. You know, it's not even about that. I mean, there are people that live in Southern California with me that are like, "Oh, you know, I can't afford it now." I'm like, "Dude, fucking, you know, you're gonna go." I start saving up for Evil the day after Evo. You know, I mean, come on. There's no excuse. You guys give people plenty of time. You guys give them incentive for early registration to save money. I mean, come on. What else do you want to do? I I Evo, it's it. Dude, I was tell. I knew, like, you know, there was just something telling me months ago that Tag 2 was going to be playable there. And I've just been telling people, dude, you won't regret it. Even if you don't play Tekken 6 as much anymore, just go. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. And people just, I don't know. I don't know what else you could do, man. Yeah, it's 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 really weird. I mean, every it's really funny too cuz everyone who goes there like it's like a crack addiction. They they come back year after year, but it's God. literally just getting them the first time to go and getting them out of their shell or whatever. So, um um I'm also being told right now breaking news that <laughs> both Soul Calibur uh five heads will be there. Oh, awesome cuz I I got to meet Togo, but I have yet to meet uh, Daishi Odashima, so that's going to be really cool for them to be there. That's going to be awesome. Is there anything else that, uh, I mean, as if that wasn't enough, what else can we expect at EVO? Uh, well, also, um, so, obviously, Soul Calibur Five is coming down the pipe, mm -hmm. and um, we're working on getting a playable there. And, I mean, it's hard enough because there's so many moving parts to getting, like, producers and everything to agree to show the game that's that early on because yeah. they don't want it to look bad and they don't want to turn people off that early. Okay. So we're, we're trying to get a playable there, but um, there will be exclusive content for Evo. Okay. And, 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 and I just want to be very clear about this. Like Comic-Con is the week before and they won't have this information or playable stuff or whatever. Very good. I mean, there'll be stuff, Soul Calibur Five, obviously, at Comic-Con, but they won't have the exclusive content that we have at EVO. That's really cool, man. I, yeah, I, so don't, yeah, don't expect, like, Comic-Con to be, like, where they're going to release everything they have for the next few months and, and not talk about anything from, from here on out. But, yeah, EVO's going to have exclusive stuff there, whether it be a playable build or whether it be, a, like, a character reveal or whether it be um, a new trailer or whatever. It's going to be exclusive to EVO, so that's really cool of them to do that. Very cool, very cool. Uh, and I'm sure there's more. What else do you guys have planned? Well, I mean, that's it for the Namco side, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that's pretty much uh, all we're announcing today. Mm -hmm. But I know you guys have other stuff planned for other games, and as you know, I'm a fan of all fighting games. So uh, is there any... Uh, I know you guys have... I heard um, special events, like a 5-on-5 five -five East Coast, West Coast for Marvel, and uh, Invitational Third Strike... A uh, legendary match or something. Uh, what else? What else? What other events are planned? Uh, well, those are the two big ones. Like we usually do two big ones on like Friday and Saturday night, so okay. people have something to do after the uh, the pool days one and two are over. Mm -hmm. um, we're also showing Balrog behind the glory. Okay. Which is a, a, a 
a movie that was made by a couple of uh, fans, including Madge. Which oh, really? Cool. Yeah, he's pretty well known in the community. He won like a Canon Award last year. Okay. And so, yeah, they put together this movie, and it, 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 I read the script, and it's really funny. And I, I think it's going to be a huge hit at Evo, and I think people are going to love it. Very cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, Evo's kind of jam-packed as it is, so I mean, squeezing any more events like that are really, really hard to do. Yeah, I, very so, understandable. Yeah, so those are pretty much the three biggest things that we're going to do this year, and um, obviously the Grand Finals all on Sunday, which is pretty cool. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Excellent. Well, um, I kind of have a few, I want to kind of grill you about a few questions, like, for example, I want to ask you a little bit, since I have you on the line, about... The inclusion of Mortal Kombat at Evolution. Okay. Okay, and it's very, uh, I mean, it's its kind of a known thing that uh, these development companies, uh, they really want their game to be at an event like uh, Evolution, and this includes sure. Namco and Capcom and everyone. Now, my question is, in your eyes, as one of the head, you know, decision makers of Evolution, when you were approached to have... Mortal Kombat at Evolution. Were you how skeptical were you about how successful the game would be? And in all honesty, do you regret the decision of having Mortal Kombat at Evolution? Okay, so in the beginning, I just want to be really, really clear that no company's influence can ever decide the games of Evo. Okay, that's that's literally a partner's decision, and we don't take any outside influence, any money. They're, they actually they're not even consulted when we when we talk about um, getting the games in for Evo. Okay. Now, if it's an unreleased game, obviously we'll ask the company if they can send over a beta or a uh, an early copy of the game so we can check it out and evaluate it ourselves. Mm-hmm. But in no way are they uh, in, in, involved in the decision making process of of the Evo games. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, they didn't approach us. I mean, they didn't say yes, we want our game in Evo. Um, I actually, I think I started the conversation by saying I would like to see Mortal Kombat this year in Evo because they're kind of making a big push and they're kind of rebooting the series and uh, it seemed like a, a decision that was uh, warranted. So, I mean, we got, I think we got five excellent games this year. I most certainly agree. I feel like this is probably the most stacked lineup Evo has ever had. I feel like every game is pulling a very diverse and unique uh, audience and I mean it's going to be one of those years where and this hasn't happened at least for me uh, in a very long time where there isn't a a day there isn't a game that I'll want to miss on the finals day I mean usually every year there's that one game where you're like whatever who gives a shit I'm going to go eat some food but this year you know it's it's very uh, it's stacked well no I just wanted to finish the second part of the question and say that um, I don't we don't regret the decision of putting Mortal Kombat in. I mean, Mortal Kombat, with this latest patch that's coming out, or it's out on PS3 already, it seems like they're, they're trying to balance their game. Mm-hmm. And whether or not they're, they're doing a good job is completely subjective. Right. I mean, uh, I would just like to see less uh, knee-jerk reactions from them, like when they change Kano's ball and then revert it like the next week. Yes. We need to see less of that, because you got to give the community time to see if it's broken or... Or see if it's good. And, and Nether, what NetherRealm is not doing properly is they're not seeing... What they're doing is they're just over-nerfing the top characters. And that's not how you balance a game. I agree. You you, you, you bring up the, the bottom characters that are not getting any play, like Shiva. Yes. And, and Cyber Sub-Zero. And all these characters that no one's playing. And you make them better. And then that way everyone's got stuff to mess with. Like Cyrax's bomb setups. And it right. just makes a better overall game instead of like slapping down Kung Lao 27 times to where he's useless and no one wants to use him anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, Joe, let me, let me yeah. stop you right there, Joey, and let me tell you something that's really important. People, I, I, you know, and people have uh, criticized me because I have openly talked mad shit about MLG in the past. And the reason that I've talked shit about MLG is because the, even though they, you know, they appear like they cater to the players and all that stuff, the problem with uh, corporate tournaments like that is when you go to the very top, the guy who's up there has never played a fighting game in his life. You know, he's just some fat cat that fucking loves Dr. Pepper and Doritos. And the thing uh, the thing about Evolution that really makes it, in my eyes, the best tournament year-round is that 
the people who run Evolution, like yourself, like the Cannons, and everyone else who's involved in the staff, these are fighting game players. So regardless of how many sponsors you guys get, regardless of how crazy the fucking stage gets and how amazing the venue is, when you go to the top, the people know and care about fighting games. And that directly affects the quality of the tournament. That's really the bottom line. And I really commend you and everyone else involved in Evolution for maintaining that community attachment which is super important for a major tournament like this i really want to commend you for that well thank you it means a lot coming from a community member that obviously is deeply involved in the community and has strong roots and knows knows the bullshit and knows like whatever it is and and knows like can sniff it out when it's when it's smelling rotten and you know exactly what needs to be done yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I know that it's very, very difficult for you to compliment me. So, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, that's really, really cool. And uh, it means a lot. And, again, I can't emphasize enough how important it is for every fan of fighting games to support Evolution and support uh, just fighting tournaments in general, specifically Evolution. Um, the Third Strike Invitational uh, Tournament. Is there any light you can shed on who, as far as foreign players, will be involved in that? Well, EVO has, I, I posted this on the forum a couple of days ago, EVO does not fly out any players under any circumstances. Right. right. Unless it's like a contest, like right. if, we, if we're sponsoring a contest. So literally, it's, it's, it's open to people who are going to EVO. So obviously, we're not going to fly out Japanese uh, third strike only players who don't have an intention of showing up to EVO this year. Okay. Okay. So we have to make best. We have to make do with with the best people that are on hand. And I mean, I'm a lot of people play third strike, so I don't see that as a problem in getting quality players to play in this uh, grandmaster tournament. Very good. You, I haven't received my invitation yet. So I don't remember you playing third strike. Oh well, see, you. I, I obviously induced amnesia when I whooped on your Chun Li with my Oro. I can understand that you don't remember those beatings. But, well, I mean, I kind of blocked all that out because all I can remember is me beating you down in tech in your main game. So. Oh! I mean, Look, T4 Nino was such bullshit, dude. <laughs> all you did was Ivory Cutter, and all you, that's all you did, man. What the fuck am I supposed to do? Hey, think, you know what? Back in the day when you played at Southern Hills, you abused the cheapest stuff. Whatever. Now it's, such... now it's all about hugging and being the best friends after a match. I'm not down with that. If I'm... I find a move that's incredibly cheap... I'm going to abuse the hell out of it and make you cry about it. And that's exactly what I did because 10 years later, Eris is still crying. And that, that, warms, <laughs> that warms my heart. You know what? Fuck your heart, dude. <laughs> yeah, those were, every time I talk to you, I always think about the good old days at the arcade, man. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of – that's one of the other reasons why Evo is so special to me. It's kind of like you just remember – when you were a kid, and not much has changed, you know, all the all the games have changed and all that shit, but, you know, we, we're still the same players, and, you know, though some of us, like yourself, are pushing 50, and you're getting kind of up there, and wow. it, but, but, well, you know what, the other really cool part about EVO is, this is the event where everyone comes to, yeah, oh, there's tournaments around the, the country where maybe East Coast players only show up, or a few West Coast players show up, or whatever, and just like this past weekend, we had a CEO, and we had Revelations, same weekend, yep. so player base was divided. But Evo, like no one, it's no one plans their event around Evo, and no one dares to even touch fly, and that's a good thing because everyone comes out to Evo. Yep. So it's sort of like a like a like a gathering of all your favorite friends, and everyone comes together and has a great time. I most certainly agree. And as far as Tekken Six is concerned, Evo last year had I think between 200 and 250 uh, people in attendance, and um, no MLG tournament even came close to that. So Evo is, as far as Tekken's concerned, easily the biggest Tekken Six gathering that there was last year. And I presume it will once again be the same way, especially with all these great announcements you made uh, again this year. Sounds good. We're just hopefully the, the Tekken players show up in force and try to defend the title. And Yeah, as far as I know, I haven't heard anything about any uh, Korean or Japanese players coming. So maybe uh, American will take it this time, so we'll see. Uh, the, you know what's really funny? Out of all the groups this year of EVO, mm -hmm. the Tekken players are like the most, uh, oh, what's the word, like 
they wait till the last minute. Procrastinators. Oh yeah, don't like they're literally wait till like the day before we cut off signatures or uh, signups, which is July 18th, my birthday this year. Um, they literally wait till the day before to sign up for Evo, and it's just funny that they always do that year after year. It's always like, oh, why do we include Tekken in the lineup? And then the signups come in like the very last day, and we're just yep. like, oh, that's why. Well, everyone listening to this, give uh, Commissioner Wizard a birthday gift and sign up uh, as soon as you can and um, get your ass to Evo because it's going to be an amazing event like it always is. Uh, and uh, Joey, again, I, I really thank you for coming on the podcast and I can't wait till you come on the podcast again next year to talk about Evo again. And it'll, you know, the funny thing is it'll happen like in the, in the blink of an eye. I could just, I could just tell you that. So, yeah, when. Well, I mean, I, I think I'll have to just wake you up at 11.30 in the morning again and hear you cry about not getting enough sleep. So Don't do it. that shit again, dude. That's that was the highlight of my day yesterday. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> uh, you just love seeing other people displeased. It's like it's like what motivates you. I, I could dig it. All right, all right. Specifically yeah. me, not the word, the word for that is schoidenfrotten. This seeing is America, me, dude. Seeing, seeing other people in misery makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, alright, it seems like that the other people in that statement is mostly me, but that's okay, no problem, as long as you keep producing a great tournament every year, uh, I could dig it, man, and I'll be there every year. I was telling someone the other day that even if I lost all my limbs, I would make it to Evo, <laughs> so... Hey, that, that guy, uh, I, I don't know if you've heard of him, Broly, he's, uh, he's a Street Fighter player who's uh, handicapped, and he, can, he hasn't well, yeah, had yeah. He doesn't have use of his arms, I believe, uh -huh. and he plays with his mouth. Right. He had a campaign to come to Evo, and uh, I think uh, he got over the top, and now he's coming to Evo to kick everyone's ass. So. <laughs> well, very good. I'm glad he doesn't play Tekken. <laughs> maybe, I should, maybe I should give him some money to play Tekken and then set him up first round with Eris. Why don't you give me some money to play Tekken? <laughs> Come on, you, you need to make top eight again. I loved your Super Mario dance in 2004 coming down the aisle. I, I need that again. Well, don't to, trust me, I've been trying, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll do my best. All right, sounds good. All right, man, thank you again. I'll let you get back to work, dude. All right, have a good one. Take it easy, man. All right, thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Get your asses to Evo. You can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash avoidthepuddle. Keep your eyes on the website for all the usual shit that we have on our website, and we'll see everybody at Evo. Take it easy. Bye.